0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. And we are joined by Kevin McPherson, better known noise, Hoop scoop, courtesy of hogville.net. Good afternoon, Kevin. Gentlemen, good afternoon. What is going on in the basketball world?
1: Well, we've been waiting for the Oklahoma City Thunder to formally announce Jalen Williams' signing. It took a while, uh, but they did today, this afternoon, so I immediately put out my story about the details on that contract. The Athletic reported the four-year $8.2 million, but no details on the breakdown. So I went through each year and the breakdown on it, but he's getting $4 million guaranteed the first two years, so it's $2 million per year in years one and two. Uh, I and mean, then it's just above two million in year three, and a team option in year four at just over, just a little bit more than 2.1 million. So when you add it all up, it is just, it just exceeds 8.2 million. But um, you know, year three doesn't specify a team option. Typically, what that means is it's non-guaranteed, and, and it'd be interesting to find out if he's, you know, if he's still on the roster by opening day of the regular season, does it become guaranteed money? Or, or is it just remain non-guaranteed? You know, uh, but I'm thinking it does become guaranteed at that point because there is a fourth year in the deal. It doesn't end after three, and the fourth year is specified as a team option. So, um, you know, it's a it's a strong rookie contract. I mean, he's going to get four million dollars, uh, whether they play much or not, or if you, you know, he'll probably see some time in the G League. That's how a lot of players now, even first rounders, some lottery picks. We saw Moses Moody play a few games last year as a rookie in the G League. Um, so it's going to be a journey for Jalen Williams, who I thought, guys, had a good showing in Las Vegas Summer League. You know, his shot was one thing that probably, if you had to pick pick at something uh, that, that, you know, wasn't a strength and ha- or isn't so far, but he did just about everything else we saw him do at Arkansas. Rebound, his per-minute rebounding was strong. Took a lot of charges, averaged a charge, drawn a game. That's significant at that level, and his passing was outstanding. The work he did in, you know, playing out high with the guards and setting screens, Um, and then, you know, there's different designs off of that, dribble handoff, pick and roll, pick and pop, he's comfortable in all those situations as a passer. Um, So I thought Jalen Williams, you know, when you look at the contract, good for him, and then what we saw not only at the Combine but now at the Summer League, I think he's got the building blocks there to maybe – I don't know that he's going to crack a a, a 9, 10-player rotation as a rookie, but in an 82-game schedule, he's going to see some playing time in the NBA as a rookie.
0: But isn't he the type of player, Kevin, that really needs to play? Uh, I don't don't know the difference between the contract that he signed and if there's any difference between what they call the the two-way contract, but I would think Jalen, particularly against that caliber of competition, he needs to play – yeah, it'd be great to make the 15-man roster, but if all you're doing is setting and watching, don't you think at his level of development that he needs to play? Yeah.
1: I think that's true of most players. You know, you some guys, you know, when you get in the NBA, you might have a role in that rotation. You may not get a lot of minutes, and some guys adapt to that, and other guys just need more meaningful minutes for their contributions to really – you know, to really come to the forefront. And Jalen may be the kind of guy that, it, that I think if you just give him a few minutes, he's going to do little things to win possessions. I think for someone that's like more of a shooter-scorer type, they may need more than just spot minutes here and there because it's hard to come off the bench cold and be expected to fill that role and knock down shots immediately. But for someone like Jalen, I think his impact, regardless of the amount of time he gets, can be felt. Because he just, like I said, he you know, he's going to do things that don't require him to be hot as a shooter. He can do other things to help you. But I think for all players, Randy, that's true. The more time you get, the more you you know you adapt to the game, learn the speed of the game, learn the tricks, um, and you make yourself more effective. So that will be true. But again, as a rookie, um, the, the the thing that helps Jalen though, this, Oklahoma City is a very young organization. A lot of youth. A lot of you know there's not a lot of vets on that roster and we'll see what other, you know, things they do in free agency or trades and things like that. But that's another thing that could help Jalen if he has a strong, you know, preseason camp, getting into the preseason games. You know, he, he might show just enough to, to get more opportunities when the regular season starts.
0: So is the is the shooting, and I realize some probably uh, cringed every once in a while, when, particularly when Jalen went to shoot a three-pointer, I think the confidence level, uh, his percentage uh, improved dramatically once he got closer to the basket. But, Kevin, is this something that is, I hate to use the word, fixable, or is this only something that is only going to get better again with competition? I mean, there's, there's one thing about going out there and practicing, 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 but it's a whole different thing when somebody's in your face and they're trying their best to slam that ball down your throat. Mm-hmm.
1: most of his three-pointer attempts are when he's been wide open off right. really he's so good playing playing with the guards in those two-man situations that it often leads to somebody being open and when it's him he's going to get plenty of opportunities with open looks he, he needs to spend a lot of time in the gym working on that shot because that's what's going to help him get into that second contract at some point is being able to knock down a shot when the defense gives it to him there i, I noticed defensive defenders playing off of him off the pick and roll action and guys uh, spotting up wide off of his screens because they know he's a great passer and they would rather see him shoot the ball than beat him with a pass so he's gonna have to get better shooting the ball and he will you know he doesn't have to do it tomorrow I mean he's still learning the game but you know I think it's one of those things where he needs to be in the gym um you know and he's also I, I noticed that the the size and the quickness of players in the NBA, how they react, proactive and there's not as much reaction defensively. And so some of the things he got away with, with his big body and frame around the basket to finish a rebound or or a a, close range shot, guys are forcing him. They're either blocking his shot or they're forcing him to adjust the trajectory in a a way that he's not comfortable. So he missed some chippies. And those are all things timing. I think he's smart. He's going to figure that those things out the more opportunities he gets. So I don't worry about him uh, shooting the ball offensively because I think the other things he does brings enough value for him to be on the floor.
0: How do you compare Jalen Williams with Daniel Gafford? Are they similar or just totally different altogether? Yeah,
1: completely different. Daniel Gafford's an above-the-rim player, a rim protector above the rim. He's not a guy that's taking charges. He's a guy blocking shots or altering shots. Uh, you know, has a motor in transition, Um, you know, and I think Jalen is is more of an away from the basket big in terms of what he can do on offense. And then defensively, you know, he's a guy that, yeah, he's not going to play when he plays out high. Um, You know, I think he can defend other big men. I think the thing inside is he moves, he does a great job of cutting off drives because there's a threat of a guy plowing into him and and picking up a charge a turnover and someone gets an extra foul there, you know, and so, Uh, Totally different players, but I think both of them represented that number 10 really well, as did Bobby Portis at Arkansas. And, uh, you know, if I had to compare uh, Jalen Williams maybe to any former Hog in certain certain degrees, it might be an Oliver Miller because of the abilities as a cerebral passer uh, and just doing the little things that lead to winning. He didn't always have to – Big O didn't always have to score to be a factor for Arkansas, and he helped other players get better I mean, I remember the Todd Day game where he scored 40-plus against LSU. They brought Shaq away from the basket because Oliver Miller was playing out on the perimeter and just passing, putting you know putting the ball on the dime for Todd Day to finish. Uh, so big guys that have all those skills can beat you in multiple ways, and it's not necessarily the traditional
2: beating you at the basket or above the rim.
0: Let's talk with Shane. Shane, good afternoon. You have a question for Kevin.
2: Yes, I do. uh I keep hearing on the uh, different message boards, stuff like that, that the Mitchell Twins need to have a, a, a waiver, another waiver, because they transfer more than twice. Okay, guys, I, I could
1: not hear him, so I'm not sure what he asked.
2: He's talk, we've had this question before, Kevin. It's about two transfers from Rhode Island if they need some kind of waiver, and I, I, I think you've tried to address that before, but it's being asked again.
1: Yeah, I haven't heard anything specific about them, their waiver situation other than the staffs from day one. um, You know, they had to work out um, academic stuff to make sure that these guys were in line with expectations to be available this coming season. And when those commitments and and, uh, financial aid agreement signings were announced by the university, I don't think it would have gotten that far if they didn't feel like they were in place to play. I haven't heard anything specific to a waiver, other than they're they're in practice full go full go, uh, with expectations that they'll be available this season. So, um, if there's something that I haven't heard or don't know about that they, that could that it's going to be a potential problem with a waiver, I'm not aware of it at all. I know it keeps coming up, and I don't know any better way than to say the staff feels good about where they are with that. Um, in the past, there might have been a couple of situations where things were. Maybe they felt like things were up in the air uh, on this. I don't. I don't get that impression at all, based on what I've been told, going back to you know basically back to April. I think it was early April when they announced the the addition of the of the twins.
2: The
0: waiver would have to be in regards to this being their second transfer, which the first transfer was to Rhode Island. Uh, from Maryland to Rhode Island, and now uh, they are making the transfer from Rhode Island to Arkansas. So I'm, I'm guessing that's what waiver that is being talked about. Is that, is that kind of what you would think? Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I, you know, again, uh, the NCAA is handing out these, you know, waivers like candy uh, the last couple of years, especially through COVID. There was a coach that was fired up there. Rhode Island, uh, you know, I, I just don't think there's a hang-up there. Now, if there, if I do hear one, I'll be the first to come out and talk about it. I don't, I don't think there's an issue
0: there. All right, hang on, Kevin. We've got one more segment with you. That's Kevin. Man named Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. I'm joined again by Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Let's check in with the one and the only... Razorback Bob. Robert, good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time Sports. Well, good
2: afternoon, Randy and Rick and and Mr. Hooscook. Um Randy, I know y'all have a, a blast down there. <laughs> yeah. Do, do what? And Trey Biddy can y'all too. hear me. Not Trey Biddy. Trey Shaft. Trey Trey is the Trey, and right Trey, Trey, Trey Shapp, was yeah. Trey Shaf. He right. does a great job. Yeah. Randy, um, it's been fifty two years. Since the 1969 Arkansas-Texas football game, no great, and you guys, you guys um, gave me a reason to give kudos to Texas after 52 years. What? Why? And 10 years ago, uh, Rick kind of straightened me out and scolded me and and let me know I couldn't get to heaven by hating anybody so i've had to change the words that i would used to describe texas oh my gosh good but but uh um, anyway after all this time um about the time that vanderbilt gets to replace alabama as the number one team and program in the country in comes texas and they're going to jumble up the the schedule to where maybe we won't have to face them after facing Alabama all these many years. So kudos to Texas for getting that done for us. Uh, wow. Hey, Randy, yes, <laughs> I had to reach way down for that. Rick. Well, I'm not oh, you sure really you head.
0: had me really guessing yeah. where you were headed with that one.
2: I'm I'm still not sure I know what you just said, but anyway, that's fine. <laughs> uh, but uh, Randy and Rick, and I was going to tell Hope Scoop uh, and ask him a question, but, um, I talked to y'all about my grandson Tanner uh, playing for the Arkansas Elite. They just got back from Oklahoma this past weekend, and uh, I was talking about how how Tanner is able to jump, and he jumped center against a guy that was seven one out there and won the tip. So that's pretty good for six four guy. And uh, but their their point guard is from Southwest, the New Southwest uh, school there in Little Rock, and He's friends or Ken, I think Ken, to Nick Smith Jr. and hmm. and my grandson was like, oh no, you're pulling my leg. So he said, Facetime him. So he FaceTimed him. Sure enough, it was Nick Smith Jr. and they wow. they discussed about uh, Nick Smith talked about. Well, Tanner said, you know, we're we're pulling for a national championship. He said, he said the mindset of every ball player at Fayetteville, it's. That I mean, they're just determined and got their mindset that that's exactly the goal that they want to to set this year. And 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 uh, Hoop Scoop, I I was thinking, you know, it don't matter what sport it is. I mean, when you get the entire team with that kind of mindset, I mean, you know, then 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 defeat are are, are not even in your vocabulary. So I'm I'm really excited about what I believe that the. The basketball team is going to be able to do this coming year. I just want to get your opinion.
0: Did you hear that, Kevin? No, Rick yes. will probably
1: have to relay that. Yeah. Did he, well, I didn't hear the end. I heard a dog bark. Did he have a question or it was just. <laughs> yeah, uh, can you hear your it?
0: thoughts on next year in regards to Arkansas competing? And uh, Bob was saying he'd love the kids' competitive attitude and work ethic and so yeah. forth.
1: Yeah, it's all there. And I think, you know, I always I always reflect back on the Nolan years. You know, when he got to his first Final Four, you felt like Arkansas was building towards something. Now, I know that was a young team. The next year they got to the Elite Eight. Their senior season, there was some stuff, you know, that kind of didn't work out for them. Uh, first year in the SEC, though, they did win the league. Uh, and didn't get out of the second round in Milwaukee, losing to Memphis in the tournament. But you knew that guys like Corliss Williams and Scotty Thurman, so they were reloading at that time. And even the players like Todd and Lee Mayberry said – the guys they had coming in, they were about to take another step up, and that's exactly what happened. And I feel like there's that kind of momentum right now at Arkansas and Eric I don't think it's been like that since what I just described under Nolan. So absolutely, the, the three five stars, you know, the, the, what he's done with the transfer portal every year. Why would you think they'd take a step back and in, in, in production from guys they're bringing in that have played at other colleges? And I think it's a great blend, even though there's 11 newcomers, chemistry and bonding and all that stuff still got to play out, but. That's why I think the foreign exhibition tour is going to really help this team. Uh, I think it's perfect timing to have that. Um, I love the schedule they put together non-conference. I think it's the toughest one since Mussman's been here. I think that's going to help them when they get to the SEC. And then I think even if there's speed bumps, we've got a track record two years in a row. Mid-January things get turned around in a big way. So a lot of confidence right now in what Arkansas can accomplish with this team. I, just looking at it, to me, it's a Final Four caliber uh, roster. A lot of things have to happen for things to fall into place, but I, I think this team's got a chance to get that far. And if you're among those Final Four, anything can happen. And so, uh, yeah, I think the momentum's there, and I think the work ethic, everything I've heard from what the players are doing, especially the young players sustaining the gym when it's not required, uh, everything to me seems to be aligning for this to be a, another special season, maybe the most special under Musman since he's been in Arkansas.
2: Well Randy, appreciate you letting me listen in. y'all be safe coming home.
0: Thank you, Bob. Okay. I was wondering if he was able to hear all that. That sounded fairly simple to me, but um, uh, this is the in stretch, correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin, the in stretch for what we'll call grassroots tournament basketball, is it not?
1: Yes, we're we're this week, starting Wednesday, tomorrow through Sunday will be the second July live period, Uh, and it's the big one, the big shoe circuit finales, the Peach Jam and Peach Invitational for Nike, the open championship run in Los Angeles for Adidas 3SSB, and, you know, Arkansas coaches will be fanning out once again, crisscrossing the country to hit these events.
0: Did we lose, Kevin? Guys, did you hear me? Oh, okay. I heard something that sounded like you cut out. I couldn't tell if that was. We are having some bad weather in this area. Uh, Atlanta is experiencing some storms that come uh, that are coming through. So I don't Send know if here. that was.
2: Send them here. We could use yeah. some more. Send them back to Arkansas. It has <laughs> been that storm? way,
0: Rick, since early this morning. I woke up to rain, and uh, then later this afternoon, or early this afternoon, it uh, they started issuing severe um, weather warnings and um, we are inside. So it's very difficult for us to be able to actually tell uh, what is going on outside. But we um, here last night we had the comp- we had the complete shutdown last night. So hopefully we won't experience that again uh, from from uh, evening ago. But uh, anyway. All right, Kevin, we are out of time and we will talk with you. Let's see, Thursday. Talk to you on Thursday. That is Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop. Thanks, guys. You bet. Courtesy of hogville.net.